This episode is brought to you by Studio Sweden and their stylish, high-quality headphones. As a podcaster, earphones are super important to me, and I have the Regent model, and quite honestly don't know what I would ever do without them. Do me a hot fave and pick up a pair at studio.com, that's S-U-D-I-O.com, with the coupon code THEBEDPOST today. And welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym, and I'm the producer of the theatrical variety show, The Bedpost Sex Show. Here at the podcast, I invite guests and performers from the stage show and beyond to indulge me in a more depth conversation of sex, of sex and sexuality. Sure, of sex and sexuality. This week, I have a super sultry guest. Her tagline is check this out the golden legs of burlesque. Welcome to the podcast, Jeannie Emerald. Hi. 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 <laughs> Hello. Hi, golden legs. Hi. You got some long legs under there, under that table? That's why I'm trying to get comfortable, because they always kind of get in the way when I sit down. Oh, really? Is that why you're, like, I'm shuffling even, around? You're like, I'm these golden joking. legs are so I'm long. I'm not even joking. I have a problem with tables and heels, because <laughs> every time I try to sit down, I'm like, oh, let me get comfortable and cross my legs. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't work out it's that way. It's not a thing. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just sit to the side and cross my legs. <laughs> yeah, you'll side saddle it. I'll side saddle it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, are you wearing heels? No, I'm not. My legs are just really long. <laughs> Girl, you wearing lifts? <laughs> How'd you get so tall? And I told myself, I told myself today because I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna be walking around, and I was like, you know what? I'll wear as comfortable shoes as I can. And I looked at all my shoes, and I'm like, but I, I want to look really nice, but I also want to be comfortable. And then I looked at my shoes, and I'm like, I guess I'm unfortunately just going to be comfortable. <laughs> no, so these are like, nice. Okay, they're my docs. I was gonna say, docs are where it's at. Docs are like. Like at, at our household, we're all docs. All we have between docs, the two of us, um, I can't even say I hate. To, I hate. I even. Hate, I, but I even have a pair of stilettos, Doc Martens, and they're absolutely beautiful. They're from this. They make those. They made them. They had this um, line that they discontinued. Very. It was a very limited time, limited amount of time um, line, and I found them online, and I was like, I need to have every single one of you. <laughs> And luckily, somebody was getting rid of them. Yes. Like, a couple months ago. And I was like, I don't care how much you want for those. I'm taking them. And I got them. And These they're in this mine. beautiful oxblood tone. Damn. Oxblood. Like a deep red. So beautiful. Oxblood. oxblood. Who named that color? Seriously. Yes. Like, mm, not really pig, but more ox. Like, how do you know the difference? <laughs> not quite pig, but not yet <laughs> buffalo. <laughs> I don't even know what an ox is. Is that what an ox is? Cross between a pig and a buffalo? Not sure. even, actually. But you know how most times they're always like, oh, pig's blood for something. For, like, random yeah. theater like things, you know? Like Carrie. Exactly. So I'm like, they're not usually like, hey, let's use bovine blood. I don't know I don't know why my brain just went there, but yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of a burlesque sketch already. <laughs> something with bovine blood. Actually, I want to do... Um, 
I want to do a messy burlesque sketch. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to like pull it off. It's this song. Uh, Laylee Kelly, 47, sings this song, uh, Milk. And it's like, skin looking like M-I-L-K. What? Skin looking like M-I-L-K. So I want to do this thing where there's like <laughs> two people dressed as cows. Um, oh, dear. And then the... the <laughs> Oh dear! Oh dear! <laughs> and then the you know, and then the person in the middle that they can be a lip sync perhaps or what have you. But I want I want just her to just be drenched in milk by the end of it. Oh <laughs> if this can happen, like get a kiddie that pool. Is and if you happen to do that, there's this act that since I went to um, Behoff last mm-hmm. summer and what's that for, for people for that... Behoff? Basically, it's the Burlesque Hall of Fame. Yeah, and Behoff, you know, it's, you know, it's the, Behoff. The... It's it's nothing really. Um, and it was my first time applying actually, and which is completely unheard of, but I got in on my first time. So I was like, okay, great. And I happened to go with a fellow burlesker Mm -hmm. and, uh, my partner. And on the way back, my head was just like gushing ideas left, right and center. And as we're boarding our plane, I'm like, oh my God, I had the absolute best idea. And the fellow burlesker is like, it was actually St. Stella. Mm -hmm. And so I turned to her, I'm like, you have to do this where it's, um, and she's like, I think you need to do it. And I'm eventually going to do it. I don't do a lot of comedic acts, but mm-hmm. this would be the one, I think. If you're going to do one. It would be a one-off. <laughs> it would definitely be a one-off where if you're, if you don't, if you're not there to see it, you're never going to see it again. Um, <laughs> no video but it would taping be, allowed. <laughs> no pictures. <laughs> no photos. No <laughs> evidence of this. But it would basically be, um, uh, you know, the song from Sound of Music, High on the Hill with the Lonely Goat. Love it. That one. And it would be like you know a little milkmaid coming mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. and she's like all dressed up mm-hmm. and then it would totally break into fergie's milf money <laughs> yes <laughs> and just break it down and then like just bottles of milk just like gushing all over the place love it i don't even know why that crossed my mind and she's like i'm into it she's like i think you need to do it i'm like no i think you need to she's like no no you need to do this <laughs> So I love it. I make it so cheesy and so off kilter. I love it. That I I think it just might work depending on how it's executed. So it's still being, it's it's still in my brain. Processing. Processing for sure. I'm like, it needs to be, you know, just so in order for it to be perfect because (laughs) it's just something so far fetched. And it's like, wait, what? I love it. Yeah, I love crazy burlesque. Like, mm. maybe my favorite routine that we did um, to uh, Genuine Pony, we had, like, a uh, person in a gorilla, um, Vivi, Vivi the Vamp, yes. in a gorilla latex mask with her, like, she's got, like, a leopard bikini, like a Tarzan bikini yeah. type of thing. Then Andrew Warehan, um This is yeah. a great story because you know everyone involved. Yes. <laughs> known Andrew since we were like teenagers no which oh is my really God. funny but anyway yes, go on go on we'll, get, hear this. we'll get back to it <laughs> and then Andrea is wearing uh, a latex bear mask okay. and she's got a uh, fuzzy bear bikini like like we made this like oh I can totally picture this right now <laughs> and they're um looking for a third like you know for their 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 sexy good times and uh, I'm in a unicorn uh uh, latex mask, <laughs> and I go like galloping, <laughs> and, 
then the oh. three of them just get down to Pony by Genuine, just oh. because. Well, that's just something very interesting. I mean, and it was just, we couldn't see shit out of those masks. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so sloppy. It was so <laughs> But it's one of those things you're just like. You got to be there to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're it. like, what? Yeah, you had to just. And everyone in the comments were so funny. Like, somebody was like, this, I found it so hot and I felt confused. <laughs> when, like, just like, someone was like, this awakened something in me. Whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, which direction are you going with this, really? Oh, uh, man. So. That's it. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your style of performance. Oh, man. If it's not milkmaid um, <laughs> high on the hill, then, <laughs> then what is it? I don't even really know. A lot of people, like my style has definitely evolved over the years. Um, and how long have you been doing this? Oh, man. Let's just say over five years. Mm-hmm. But a long time. <laughs> which, which is, that's long in the burlesque community. It, it is long in the burlesque community. Yeah. Um, but I've been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. For a long time. And my style went from, when I first started, I directly, because at the time I was doing a lot of, I was, I was at the time I was getting into the kink world. Yes. Um, and I was very much into latex and BDSM and the like. And so when I initially started, a lot of my pieces were to, you know, heavier numbers so like manson and stuff so a lot of my numbers are more neo Mm -hmm. um neo burlesque and as i've now grown and evolved it's now closer to um i would say classic burlesque Mm -hmm. i still have my neo elements Mm -hmm. but i would say it's more classic but in terms of my style i do rely heavily on my dance background Mm -hmm. so a lot of that does come through and it's just, it's just, I guess, what I've come up with that that works well, and it happens to work for me very well. <laughs> it's just like, if I oh, don't mind saying so. This is, you know, this is what's <laughs> happening. Okay, that's that's great, you know. <laughs> so, how did it all start with you? Oh man, I like I said, I have dance training. Yeah, and I just got out of school. What uh, types of dance? High school ballet, modern jazz. Yes. Some hip hop, you know the huge, nothing fancy. Um, I just gotten out of school, uh, high school, and I went to an event at what used to be known as uh, Good Handies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to an event there, um, and her partner at the time was one of the security guards. And so I was talking to my friend. I'm like, you know, I'd really love to go out more, really explore things. And so she's like, well, my, you know, significant other's working here. If you're free this night, we can totally go. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do this. So I ended up going and seeing a few, you know, drag kings, drag queens, and, you know, some burlesque. And I was like, oh, oh, (laughs) well, whoa, okay. What's this now? Right? Exactly. (laughs) So I was like, I want to really explore that option. Did some research, spoke with some people, and ended up. Uh, and my, my friend's partner ended up speaking to their boss and he looked at me and he was like, if she's willing to do the full thing as a, as a, as a first timer, like as in like get down to pasties, Mm -hmm. she's more than welcome on my stage. So I was like, great. That being said, (laughs) I'd already had, um, acquired a lot of latex 
um, a lot of latex pieces, which I actually should try and find now. I wonder if I still have some of them. Um, and I ended up doing my first burlesque act at Good Handies. Mm-hmm. What song do you remember? It was Marilyn Manson, Are You the Rabbit? Yes. And what you wear? Oh, what, 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 all red what? latex. Red. <laughs> all red latex. At the time, I had these latex thigh highs with a matching red latex garter and Gorgeous. the matching red corset and uh some other pieces and then some other stuff that i sourced and or i already had myself mm-hmm. and i did it and he was just like if that's what she's doing she can come back anytime yes and so from there i was just performing there and then i got asked to perform at um what's it called the Buddies in Bad Times Theater. Great. So I was a resident there for about like a year, two years, when DJ Quince's was DJing a lot heavily there. And eventually as it went on, like a lot of my initial burlesque work was in the queer community mm-hmm. because that's, you know, my base. Yeah. <laughs> it's my people. It was my people. <laughs> so I, I did do a lot of stuff there, you know, a lot of stuff in the West End, like, you know, queer west eventually once everybody's <laughs> when people started to slowly move over and that's basically my beginning and so mm-hmm. from there i transitioned um moved out to montreal for uh, three and a half years um where i had a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. and really refined myself by that point and i came so back. like by opportunities like just booking more shows did you take classes did you no. No classes. Um, mm. A lot of my stuff, well, a lot of the classes I did take were, would and were, be my classic training. Mm-hmm. So, so I'd you're go still to, taking dance classes. Exactly. So yeah. I'd go to, like, refined stuff. I'd go to, like, the National Ballet School where they had, like, classes, which is, you know, like, dance classes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I would go and take classes and just refine and keep, try and keep as much of my technique as possible. And at the same time, I would just work with my body and see what worked best mm-hmm. so yeah see how it translates into like this style of work um and so yeah i got some opportunities in montreal i was like you know what i have the time you know i don't have kids mm-hmm. so let's see what happens and so i moved out there for three and a half years where i got a lot of opportunities met a lot of amazing people um performed got a chance to perform in america for the first time mm-hmm. and then eventually i was like i need to go i need to go back i need to go back to toronto mm-hmm. So I came back, which was not too long ago. I'd say about maybe just shy of two years now already. Um, And yeah, here I am. And so from here, I've just really now have been refining a lot of what I'm putting forward online. That way I can interact with my audience on a grander scale. Mm Mm-hmm. So and the community and the the community community. exactly yes which is huge exactly so I've definitely um grown my audience at the time like in my in terms of my refining myself I expanded from not just the queer scene um and being there for the LGBTQ community but a wider audience as well yeah awesome so So how did you find the transition from being a technical dancer? with a lot of dance training into (laughs) dancing burlesque. Like, did you find that easy to, did you have to learn a whole new type of dance? No, no, you don't think so? No. Um, at the time I was still living at home Mm -hmm. and my bedroom had a massive mirror. So I always, you know, my, my stereo was always beside my mirror and I'd always, um, listen to everything. Like every morning I'd get ready 
and I had like my uh I had like my playlist whatever and as I would just get ready I was always kind of you know a semi-nudist mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was just a matter of bringing my exhibitionism along for the ride with my dance with my dance training and being like let's see what works yeah let's what do both my body let you know what makes this package that I'm currently you know inhabiting mm-hmm. look very appealing on stage yes present it <laughs> what well, looks well presented you know <laughs> and no I really did not find it a hard transition mm-hmm. it just kind of it just worked it was there yeah yeah and how did you feel about like even like the first time that first show since you're saying I'm kind of a nudist anyways mm-hmm. was it difficult for you in any way to take off your clothes on stage I would definitely say I remember being very much oh my god oh my god I'm gonna do this this is not really happening wait a second are you sure like I had that internal monologue (laughs) I'm like okay come back down now um and I had that moment and it's funny I still have those moments on like right before I go on but it's not even about the whole oh my god I'm about to take off my clothes on on stage it's the now it's the okay is this presentation going to be as nice and as um clean as I'd like it. My initial thought when I did my first time was, oh my God, this is happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's definitely changed. And I, um, I was never really like, oh my God, people are going to see my body. I honestly mm-hmm. really didn't mind. Yeah. You're into it I from day like, one. Sure, okay, You're like, bring it on. Yeah. Cause when you saw that burlesque show, were you like, I could do that. Totally. That could be me in a second. Totally. That's the thing. I could do it better. I could do it better. Challenge accepted. <laughs> and like, did you have, even like when you're first kind of doing your numbers, did you have anyone that you, that could, I don't know if tutor or talk to about it at all? Or like, where do I buy pasties? Or like any of that stuff? Or like, Mm, yes and no. There were a few people. I was like, hey, what's up? Couple questions. Like I said, like my friend's partner worked at the place. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of like connecting, I spoke with a couple people that were on stage. Actually, one of them and her and I are still friends to this day. Um, I love her so much. Mm-hmm. My darling Paige Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, her, she and I, like we've been friends since then. And yeah, she was one of the people I definitely spoke to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, in terms of, like, even pasties, I was always crafty. I was always crafty. So I was like, you know what? I'll make one myself. I can figure this out. I'll figure it out. Plus, yeah. on top of that, because of all the fetish work I'd done, I already accumulated some. Yeah, They right. were made of latex, but they were still pasties. <laughs> yeah. And it, <laughs> it works with a Marilyn Manson number. Right. You use the latex ones. So I, it just, I had all the, I had everything there. I was just like, okay, let's see what happens. Yeah. Did you, like, do modeling? Like, how, or did you, were you just a person in the kink community that liked to go out with all your gear on and all that? Like, no, I definitely was um, a fetish model. Yeah. For a while. Um, A lot of my intro to stuff was because of my modeling. Awesome. I've always had the mindset of, let's see what happens. And so I'd always put myself out there and contact people and eventually started working with some awesome people. Um, and yeah, so I'd always be at events as a model. And mm-hmm. then eventually once I was done for the night, once I was done working for the night, I would just, you know, walk around and I've made some meet people, amazing talk to people. friends. Yeah. Talk to people and met some very interesting, 
folks. Mm -hmm. And to this day, like, there are some people I still know, like, some people I kept in touch with, some people I've lost contact with. Um, And, yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's it. (laughs) (laughs) How did you get started into that, if you don't mind my asking? Oh, God, the age-old model mayhem. (laughs) Age-old model mayhem. (laughs) (laughs) I um, was introduced to it by... I honestly can't remember who, but I think somebody mentioned it to me in passing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll check it out. And that's how I first started out and booked a lot of my fetish gigs mm-hmm. and a lot of my general modeling gigs. Or, so you um, contacted like a photographer or, mm-hmm. or a, yeah. And I'd be like, hey, you're local, this and this and that. Um, I'm new. Basically. I haven't done this before. And then I always, because, you know, was, at that point in time, you got you obviously got have to have to be careful. Yes. You know. So I was always very careful. The one thing I've always done, I've always listened to my instincts. Yes. So I'm like, if something doesn't sit right, even in messaging, I'm like, cut it off. I recently, yeah, I'm, I still think that even though I'm like 35, essentially, I'm still like, very recently I was talking to a photographer and we we're going to shoot a thing. And mm-hmm. I was like, very excited, loved his photos and everything. You know, and you have enough of a back and forth via messaging to get a sense of the situation, yes. as, as you're saying, like, make sure you're entering a safe situation. And yes. So uh, we would have <laughs> enough of a back and forth so you, like, get a sense of the person and get a sense of the environment you're going to enter into and stuff yes. like that. And then he made this one post that was like, <sighs> oh, this, like, public post on his Instagram. I'll tell you what it is to oh get God. your to get your, uh, your oh, so opinion. This is recent. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. Um, everything totally seemed cool, you know, and he's got a lot of, you know, lovely, very professional pictures being posted. Yeah. And I kind of also followed, um, a lot of the models he shot just to, mm-hmm. you know, see their work and stuff like this to see, you know, what kind of people are do working Do your research. With. Yeah, yeah. Do your... Hello. They just told me to check on you to make sure you're <laughs> Oh, we're not. <laughs> More fun now. <laughs> You too. too. Bless him. Bless that old man. I might keep that in. I might. I might not edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you can hear what he said. On. on, I hope it picked up on the mic. Um, So anyway, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, I feel like that's not the first time that guy has said that to me. (laughs) Walking into me while I'm podcasting. (laughs) Make sure you're okay. How did he know what we were talking about? He does though. <laughs> keeping tabs, keeping tabs. Yeah. So, anyways, okay. So this guy. So you know, everything looked cool, and then he posted this thing that said, "Okay, it was like, girl, I want to. I just want to find a lasting, meaningful relationship." And then, in the next breath, mm-hmm. she says, "I also like to be uh, spit roasted by at least five men." And then he wrote his comment. Oh, dear. That was essentially like, yeah, right. Who would who would ever want to take you home, honey? And I was like, oh. oh. I messaged him right away. And I yeah. was like, hey, saw your new post. I'm kind of all about sex positivity. Mm-hmm. So uh, right away, I'm just going to have to cancel mm-hmm. our shoot. And it was like in a couple days. Yeah. It was supposed to happen last Thursday. Oh, wow. And uh, he's like, oh, you know, he's backtracking. He takes it off 
you know, he, he deletes it immediately, mm-hmm. but he, then he backtracks trying to make excuses. Oh, you took the wrong way. It's, and I'm just like, no, I, <laughs> I'm like, I, I, you know, we had a back and forth for a while and me just saying like, I, f- like for instance, I'm a person that has long, meaningful, uh, lasting relationships, but also plays in groups, mm-hmm. you know, and like does a lot of kinky shit mm-hmm. and like, you know, like just the fact that you even found it laughable it was like lol ha 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 no one ever take you honey you know stuff like that and i'm like that it's laughable to even think that a woman can seek out any type of sexual pleasure she wants and not uh have people judge her for it yeah um and it's just and he's just like oh no just the logic in the post how she's looking for like monogamy and you know and then she contradicts herself in the next. I'm like, no, the logic that you're presenting mm-hmm. in this post <laughs> is one that I don't align with. The logic is that, you know, sluts don't deserve and can't have. Not lasting, meaningful relationships. Yeah. Like, I'm hello. I'm sorry you're seeing, I'm sorry your mental viewpoint is so limited. Yes, please. But that's not my problem, nor is it anybody else's. Exactly. And I was and so. I was like and he's like, I'm sorry if it offended you. I'm like, not offended. I just have no interest in working with somebody that thinks such ways. Yeah. That aligns with this, you know, sort of a viewpoint. And he's like, No, I'm not aligning with anything and I'm like, you know what, I have no I no longer have any more energy to put in this conversation. Yeah. You know. I said my piece and I let him know exactly the parts of this post that I disagreed with. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I was like I th- Thanks, but no thanks. thanks and goodbye forever. Yeah. Then he messages me the other day. Hey, how are you? Uh, oh, and the last, oh, and the worst thing, the last thing he said, which I was like, okay, I'm not even answering back. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I, I'm guessing this uh, aligns with the type of work you do or something like that. Like, like meaning that, oh, I guess you're a sex worker and that's why you found it insulting. And I was just like, I'm sorry, what does that have to do with the price? Of exactly. I'm like, a lot of people would call me a sex worker, worker with a lot of the different types of work I do, and I'm totally fine with being called Regardless. a sex worker. It's not about that. I'm just like, no, I don't need to... I'm no longer humor. Yeah, just the fact that you have to then come up with something to say yeah. to somebody's ignorance. It's like you're, you're pushing... You're provoking a statement out of me because you are feeling like a lackluster human being. Yeah, and I don't need to justify why no. I've... Why I don't want to work with you any longer. Yeah. I did for a little bit just to, you know, for my own satisfaction of being like, this, 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 and this, buddy. Yeah. But, like, beyond that, I'm, like, no interest in, like, no. I don't have to justify my reaction to this post. No. And I, and I also said that I haven't met you, and I only have posts like this to go off of. That's a very big thing, too. And and there you go. If you're showing me, then I definitely know that you are not somebody I'd like to be working with. Yeah, and that's it. Capacity. And it sucks, because it was like a shoot I was really looking forward to. I was going to get really creative oh, with man. it. I was like, really, you know. But I'm what like, you know happens? what? I can collab with so many great photographers and do the exact same thing. So I'm going to do that. And then I had a great shoot with uh, Jason from Oasis. And then he, he mentioned to me he would like to... It was like for an Oasis thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, hey, would you like like to work with me? Like collabing mm-hmm. with other stuff? I'm like, uh, obviously. <laughs> <You're>, I, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I was like, yes. He's like, oh, I'm so flattered. I can't believe you said yes. I'm like, come, you, come on. Like, we love each other. Like, yes, please. So and when that happens, then it makes everything like, oh, see, there are good people. Yeah, yeah. I think that that interaction online happened like the day before. And then I had the great shoot with Jason the next day. And I was like, see, see, there you go. Like, yep. 
right away, I'm already going to start working with somebody else who's that's, fantastic. Yeah, so so much better. Yeah, so, so much better. Anyways, after me blabbing on about that story, it's about <laughs> time to take a break. <laughs> no problem. I'll have a little break. We're going to uh, hear from some sponsors. Already, um, already. And then we'll be right back with the very elegant, sultry Genie Emerald. <laughs> Golden-legged Genie Emerald. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Studio Sweden and their fantastic new model of headphones, the Regent. I have a pair of these and let me tell you, these wireless Bluetooth compatible earphones have impeccable clarity and a really well balanced sound. With 24 plus hours of active battery life and 20 days of standby life, the Regent is the perfect companion for listening to my podcast on the go or for me editing it at home. Studio wants to revolutionize the way people see headphones, bridging the gap between function and fashion. They emphasize their modern Scandinavian design, but also provide a product that matches the quality of even the highest rated headphones on the market for a fraction of the cost. And don't forget they're offering you free worldwide shipping. Use the code THEBEDPOST to get a banging pair of Studio headphones today. This episode has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Enter coupon code BEDPOST when you check out at comeasyouare.com to receive a 15% discount. And don't forget that shipping on orders over $50 is free in Canada. That's B-E-D-P-O-S-T when you visit comeasyouare.com. Hello everyone, welcome back. I'm Erin Pym here at the BEDPOST podcast with Jeannie Emerald. Hello. Are your golden legs ready? Yes, they are. I'm have, well rested and have comfortable. They, yeah, have they been rested <laughs> on the break? And now we're ready to continue. Got some water. Okay. <laughs> yeah, from the tuck shop? Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta support the tuck shop. Only the finest, you know? <laughs> Mine's tap water. Here, am I drinking my, my lame tap water? <laughs> feel so basic. Welcome to Toronto. <laughs> um... So, I'm curious how you put together a routine. <laughs> What's your process, your creative process? Oh, man. Well, I can't get for the magic. <laughs> um, little tidbits of it, though. Mm -hmm. um, I get in inspiration from anywhere and everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and so, when I'm inspired by something, or I'm just like, you know what? It comes in pieces mm -hmm. for me. Everybody's different. Um and for me, like I had one of my acts, for example, which is actually one that's being very well received now. I had the costume made a few years ago mm -hmm. and I looked at it and I'm like, this is everything. Mm -hmm. And I literally spent a week, two weeks by myself on my dining room table with at least a couple hundred dollars worth of Swarovski crystals, crystalling every piece. And... I knew the feel that I wanted to give off with it, mm -hmm. but I didn't really know the other key elements. So I'm like, mm, what song am I going to do, do to this? I have no idea. Yeah. What direction am I really going to go with this? No idea. I have no idea. But I know that there's a certain feeling. feeling that I wanted to leave my audiences with. 
and that is usually my driving force um there you know i perform and i perform for my audiences i don't perform for myself yeah I, you know i get up there and i love to look good but that's for the delight and the you know tasteful palette mm-hmm. of my audiences mm. <laughs> <laughs> the gentle woman and gentlemen <laughs> the gentle folk purveying and uh, <laughs> You know, with their lovely golden <laughs> monocles and such. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, basically with that costume where I've gone since is that I currently have a pair of red satin slingbacks sitting on my desk at home that mm. I am awaiting another order of crystals for as I'm going to completely cover them. And I just take my elements and bring it together. And um, when I'm on stage for me, I, I feel a lot mm-hmm. and I kind of just take in my audience's energy I'm kind of like mm-hmm. you know succubus that way mm-hmm. and I'm like okay you like this okay so this is direct this is the direction I know I'm going to go mm-hmm. so at this point in time even though I've got that costume um I would say two three years ago now mm-hmm. um I can officially say I found its home in a yeah. song great and it just literally even even me, it floors me. The last time I performed this was a couple of weeks ago. And it was when I found the home for it. And I had this moment where I was on stage and I looked at my audience and I swear it was somebody like, it was like somebody, it was like a god came in the room and pressed pause. Mm-hmm. And I literally just saw everybody just frozen. Obviously kind of that, I didn't even have time to actually feel nervous, but it was just, they were just, frozen looking at me but I could feel like their heartbeats were like in unison or something (laughs) as overly dramatic as that sounds but I was like this is what you were meant to do yes in terms of not just for me but in terms of this costume I'm like this is the emotion and by the time I got off stage people were like oh I, I felt that. <laughs> You're like, I felt that. <laughs> right? You felt so that. I'm like, okay, so then mission accomplished. So <laughs> when I put an act together, um, like I'm currently working on another, a new act now for 2018. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I'm putting an act together, I focus on what I want to leave my audience with. Mm-hmm. And I know because aesthetics are definitely a big part of it. So I know that, you know, you come on stage and your initial... Um, you know, uniform, your aesthetic on stage mm-hmm. is one thing. Mm-hmm. You can get on stage in like the shiniest, sparkliest, most expensive costume. But if you're performing for yourself, your act is worthless. Mm. <laughs> Not to sound, you know, RuPaul shady, but <laughs> like honestly speaking, as somebody that has seen a lot of dance, opera, ballet, like I've seen it, I've been exposed to it, I'm open to it. You know, B-boys, B-girls, every option. Mm -hmm. To me, when I notice or when I'm left with something is when I see that they're not dancing for themselves. They're dancing for their audiences. Mm -hmm. And I feel that that is what makes a good burlesque performer Mm -hmm. as opposed to an okay one. Mm -hmm. Or as opposed to somebody that just got on stage in a pretty costume. Mm -hmm. So that's usually the directions, uh, the starting point of my. is it usually the costume do you think it's it's usually i know a theme sometimes i know sometimes sometimes i don't even know a theme mm-hmm. but um 
it'll be it every every single time is something different. Mm-hmm. The I process would, is different every time. The process is different every time. Will you have a song sometimes? Sometimes Get a song it's first. a song, and then I'm like, ooh, and I'll just be zoning out or something, and I just kind of see it materialize in my head slowly. That I literally, I always have, you know, a notebook with me, and I'm like, write down everything, and I'm like, okay, I know what I can do with this. Yeah. So, like, I have an act right now, which. Um, I'm literally speaking to everybody and their mother about, um, in terms of making it, uh, you know, giving it life, mm-hmm. you know, I'm speaking to prop makers. I'm speaking to fellow burlesquers. I'm speaking to costume designers and I'm just like, okay. So it sounds like a very long, thoughtful process. I with think you. a lot about everything, yes. every aspect. Cause I'm like, you know, something as little as if I take a step, how will this look? And what kind of feeling would this, you know, generate? Yeah. So I'm like, I got to think through every step of the way. And if I get in it and I'm, I look at myself and I'm like, yeah, I look nice, but I'm not feeling it. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, okay, well, there's something change? wrong. Yeah. You got to go back then. Back, back to the to drawing board. board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So it's not as simple as, for me, it's not as simple as... Putting on a sexy costume and, and taking it off. Precisely. <laughs> on stage. Precisely. Yeah. Not even, uh, not by a long shot, no. sounds like. Or just pulling something out of your closet and putting it on type thing. No, yeah. I can't. I can't. And I'm like, do you, do you feel good <laughs> About that? this. You know what I mean? Do you feel good in, like, the fact that you pulled it out? You're like, yeah, this will do. You threw it on and, you know, I'm like, hmm... It's just, it's something unsettling for me. It feels like it's unfinished. Yeah. You know, a painter doesn't just take a brush and look at a canvas and stroke it once. And it's like, okay, it's done. It's perfect. Yeah. Depending on your artist, obviously. Yeah. Like, say, Rembrandt and do that. Yeah. So. High quality. <laughs> Sounds like we got, we got a high quality performer on our hands here. <laughs> I'm very, I will definitely say I am my worst critic. Yeah. I am. I will see things. I like I'll I'll get on stage and I'll do my thing and then whoever it is, you know, whether it be like my significant other or um my friends, fellow burlesquers that'll record and they're like you know, for example, one of my one of my bestest burlesque friends, Knox Harder. Mm-hmm. And she, I will come on stage and she'll be like, Girl <laughs> Girl <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you did a good one. <laughs> and I'm like that I did good and she's like oh my god and she just goes crazy <laughs> and I'm like okay that was a good thing or sometimes you know she would be excited and then I'll see it and I'm like ooh I can fix that I can fix that mm. I can fix that I can fix that but everybody else is like what are you talking about yeah 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 yeah. so I am definitely <laughs> perfect always the producer in always. your head yeah always, always, always. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you ever get like lost in a performance or is that inner monologue always there in the sense that like i just completely just hand myself over to it yeah yeah um yeah yeah and when i do it's um when i do you can talk to god I would definitely say, like, definitely, for example, like, the, the last performance um, that I just, the last performance example that I gave you was one of those moments, mm. and it's just, like, I just lost myself in it, mm-hmm. and I was just, like, there are times where, there's, there's, there are times, like, you know, when I was first starting out, and there, I, 
you know, you have your moments where you lose yourself in the music. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Mm. But just losing myself in the performance itself is literally like my performance character in this particular costume. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music and, like, the audience, all it's like a puzzle piece just goes click, click, click. And in that moment, it's like... It's like a holy experience. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, girl. Girl. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Girl. 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 <laughs> so, okay. One thing that I definitely do want to touch on. Mm-hmm. One thing I know we both wanted, that we kind of made a note of that we want to talk about. Being a person of color. Yes. In the dancing community. <clears throat> burlesquing community. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, yes. What is it like? What is your experience? Um, I can't say I've ever had any, like, super negative experiences being Mm -hmm. a POC. Um, I would definitely... Hmm. In Toronto, it hasn't been, nor was it a huge thing. Um. To enter. Yeah. Because, you know, there are... Toronto, a lot of the inhabitants, a lot of the people in Toronto are, you know, Toronto is a mixing pot, if we're going to use that old, age-old Canadian, you know, thing of everybody. And a lot of it, a lot of the population are from the Caribbean, Mm -hmm. which is my background. And so for me, like being around it all the time, it's just, oh, okay, great. When I moved to Montreal, I found it the absolute hardest. Mm. Um, one of the hardest things for for me when I first moved to Montreal was, you know, from tr- being in Toronto performing, you know, either every weekend or, you know, multiple uh, gigs per week to moving to Montreal and not performing within like for like a solid six months. Hmm. And the issue with that there is that it's a, how do I say this? How do I say mm. this nicely? <laughs> Without really... Well, basically, the issue with that there is that a lot of the performers there are white. Mm-hmm. Or very white presenting. Um, and so, I don't want to say right off the bat that the issue was because, hey, I'm a dark-skinned black woman, that they wouldn't let me on stage. But, needless to say, when I moved there, there wasn't any. I didn't see anybody of my complexion or darker mm-hmm. on stage. So when I eventually got a chance to be on stage, then people were like, oh, yeah, we'll have you. Mm-hmm. And even then, it was kind of like pulling teeth. So there was this one place that opened up after a while. And actually, it was the Wiggle Room. Mm-hmm. When they opened up, um, I can't remember. I think I contacted them. And I never heard anything. And I was like, what else is new? <laughs> type of thing but then I eventually one of my friends at the time had me in her show uh, I was like I think it was her birthday show that she had there and then when they saw me they're like oh okay yeah come on out come on out you know but being a POC in burlesque is kind of is kind of it's interesting is the word that I guess I would use mm-hmm. and I say that because when you look at a lot of the, for example, like the American side, you know, the American side of the border in regards to burlesque. Um, a lot of the most well-known ones um, are white. Mm-hmm. 
very white. <laughs> Dito white. Alabaster, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I do notice little things. For example, like the New York contingent of burlesque, very ethnically diverse. And it's amazing. Um, for example, one of my favorites out of New York, Sydney Devereaux. Mm-hmm. Oh, that woman. <laughs> that woman is... <laughs> A, she has a smile that would not just light up a room. Girl could light up a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like, beautiful smile. Such a kind, gentle person. But on stage, oof. I saw her, another performer I saw at Behoff, and it was the first time I was actually ever seeing her live. And she did this number, which you can actually find the, you can find the link to this video. I think it's on, not, what's it called? The, the, Vimo? Mm-hmm. Vimo? Mm-hmm. Vimo? Um, and you can see this number online and she did this, <laughs> I honestly didn't know what to expect when she came on stage, but she did to this song called, uh, uh, Red, Red Bottoms by Trina. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so she's, she's beautiful. I believe she's mixed race. You know, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on this. Um, and you know, she's absolutely phenomenal. The LA side of things. From what I've seen, very white, mm-hmm. very white, um, and you know there are um, definitely some dynamics, some imbalances mm. that obviously have been noticed. People discuss daily, and you know, especially with some producers um, on the american side of the board in regards to burlesque there's a lot of issues mm-hmm. in regards to race where um there was a producer in new york who thought it was okay to say the n-word on stage wow with a black woman present in the audience and when told about this really appalling thing you know instead of apologizing or even listening decided to like curse back and whatnot it was a whole it was a whole mess so as being a poc in burlesque not just in toronto but in general i pay attention to everything because it's not just a matter of oh my god you know race politics why does everybody have to talk race (laughs) because it's still a thing yeah you know for example people are like i don't see color (laughs) honey you tend to see color when it's convenient though so um i take notes Mm -hmm. and for nox noxy my noxy always always um and she's like you need to make sure it's out of it which i have and i have this saying that i say all the time and i'm like hashtag i see you (laughs) and basically when i say that it's one of two things it's it's basically me saying you know what? I won't. I won't say much. And it, like I said, I'm, I, I will, on on gigs, um, out and about. I tend to be very quiet. I am always, always, you know, delighted when audience members come to talk to me or other burlesquers. But in terms of other burlesquers speci- specifically, and behavior and producers as well, and things that are not okay, I will hold my tongue. But I do take notes. Mm-hmm. I see everything. I hear a lot, and I just I hold it. And I'm like, okay. I, I see, see you. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you know, uh, you know, somebody like Sydney Dever gets off stage, and I'm like, bitch, I see you. <laughs> yeah, there's multiple meetings. 
<laughs> like I, I'm like I'm not afraid to let people know in any sense of the word in any sense in any sense I'm like you know what I see you mm-hmm. and when I see you I'm like if I'm a fan I will keep you at a distance mm-hmm. I don't need that near I don't I, I don't want to say this without prefacing anything um, but basically how a lot of there are a lot of social justice warriors mm-hmm. that you know you know they'll say oh yeah, well, it's not easy for me for this reason, and I can't do that for that reason. And when you know, it's something that I've been. It's funny that this is this is happening now because this is something I've been grappling with at the same time um, lately, in terms of standing up for essentially what's right, um, whether it be being an intersectional feminist, mm-hmm. or and whether it be being. A female tattooed woman of color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Across the board, there are a lot of things. And I, growing up, I had friends of every walk, you know, from every walk of life. So I am here for any and everybody, if your heart is in the right place. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was definitely, you know, like, grappling with, how can I, um, am I betraying my own people my betraying POC if I'm not as vocal um about some things mm-hmm. and I you know I had a moment I was like oh my god if will people think that I'm like siding with the oppressor if I'm not talking about it all the time mm-hmm. and sorry if every sorry guys if things sound weird I'm reshifting <laughs> my long legs <laughs> <laughs> but um it is something I was I was so grappling with, and I was just like, because I know the direction that I'm, the direction that I like to go with my burlesque at this year is like, has definitely um, shown me a lot of things, and I see where I'm going, and it's beyond where I'm at, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. But at the same time, I do realize that there are things that need to change in order for this um, positive change to occur. In the sense that, you know, I'm not constantly posting stuff online. And I've realized that things have developed to a point where there's a time and there's not that there's a time and a place, but there will always be a time when it's the opportune time to then say something, in which case it will actually move that block. So as a, you know, dark skin, cinnamon skin, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, woman of color, when I stumble across people saying, well, it's not easy for me because as this and this and that, I'm like, here's the thing. Realistically speaking, why are you here? And I mean this in the sense of you could have been, in terms of your creation, you could have been born a butterfly. You could have been born a flower. You could have been born bacteria in horse dung. Mm-hmm. But at this moment in time, in this, you know, at this moment in time, you were born a bipedal, completely able-bodied human. What are you going to do with that? You have power over things with just that alone. So what is your destiny? What is it that when you're in, when you do something and your inner voice is like, oh my God, yes, feed me. Right? (laughs) When, when you do something, what is it that you're doing that's feeding that voice? And ultimately, for me, you gotta, and I have been, you gotta listen to that voice. Because when I see um, 
social justice warriors saying, well, there's this, and then there's this, and then there's this. To, to a degree. To a degree. I do think that, you know, what I'm here to do and what I am doing is greater than somebody's ignorance. Mm-hmm. If they want to be ignorant because of, because of the color of my skin, and they want to say, you can't get on that stage for this reason, or no, you can't come into this restaurant for this reason, and, you know, obviously they're going to not really say that reason, but you know it's for that reason. I know that at the end of the day, even though their actions hurt me, I will get an opportunity to be like, bitch, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will get an opportunity to come back at them. And at the same time, it will be a higher opportunity for me to go above and beyond in many ways. And from you know whichever point that I get to, my ultimate plan is to help those that require it, mm-hmm. that need that. Because, you know, some people, you know, get, they get to a point where, well, I don't see anybody else and I don't have to worry about that. I just have to worry about myself. And they, everybody gets self-centered. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really mindful. Well, not nobody, but like not as many people are as mindful as they should be. Mm-hmm. So in saying like, you know, what I'm here for is greater than somebody's ignorance. That's kind of what I go forward with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people sometimes get caught on the the negative aspect and they kind of let it bear down on them. But I'm like, if you are that strong to voice your opinion and to do such things, imagine what you could do if you actually directed it through the right channels. Mm-hmm. Imagine the cur- the force of the courage you could create by simply just changing how you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's my very long winded <laughs> um, <laughs> answer to that. That's as long-winded as your legs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was great. That was perfect. Ah, uh, man. But yeah, that is something, that is a thought that I'm still kind of... Working out. You know, working and reworking and, you know, discussing with fellow uh, performers and yeah. fellow performers of color. Yeah, yeah. So it is something I am working on, so... Welcome the conversation. Completely. Yeah. I'm totally open to multiple perspectives if awesome. it helps refine mine and yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome genie we are pretty much at time <laughs> are you able to are you willing and able oh dear uh no <laughs> to uh, just let everyone know where they can find you all your social media stuff mm. where they can get in touch and see you perform and oh, all yes. that good stuff okay uh you can find me on instagram at genie emerald you can find me on facebook at facebook.com slash the genie emerald and you can also check out my website at you know www.genieemerald.com okay everyone this has been genie emerald check out all her social media go see her perform get in the conversation with her and i'm Erin pym and this has been the bed post podcast bye bye everybody um <laughs> check back before we say bye though check back weekly everyone because we release a new episode every single friday and if you would like to rate and review the podcast on itunes while you're there that would make me oh so very happy for more info on everything bedpost, you can follow us on social media or on our website, bedpost.ca. And if you have any comments, suggestions, questions, shoot me an email at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com. Lastly, the Bedpost podcast features original music by Steph Copeland, who can be reached at her website, stephcopelandmusic.com. Bye-bye.
This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!